0: Hey yo, welcome to the Winner's Circle. Polish your crown, here to optimize your workflow. That's service now. This ain't your typical run of the mill. Tech, talk, OGs. Oh we're the best in the field. We'll help you level up and build your credibility. Now let me ask you one question, who the realest be? Unapologetic, if we said it, then we meant it. Foundation build on trust, authentic, so it's cemented. Better make way, only facts in the booth. You're now tuned in with CJ and the Duke. Uh, what success? I'll let you in on the scoop. Make your mind your best friend and fill it up with the truth. Come on.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of CJ and the Duke. As always, I am your co-host, Robert the Duke Fedorik. And I am Corey CJ Wesley.
2: All right, dude, for something new, tell me, what are we talking about today? Oh, I get to pick? Yeah, man, you get to pick. This is your time to shine.
1: All right. So I have been dying to bring this to the ServiceNow community for quite a long time. I have been working with a company that is just absolutely revolutionizing service management and asset management and automation when it comes to mobility and telecom. And right. uh, the company's name is SACON. And I am so pleased that we have Michelle Wheeler from SACON to join us today and talk about mobility and service now. It's going to be so awesome.
2: I can't wait. Michelle, I've heard so many good things about SACON. And I am so looking forward to just talk about SACON a little bit more in depth and get to know um, what you guys do more as a service.
3: Great. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on this famous or infamous uh, podcast.
1: It's it's, it's been both. Good point. Good point. (laughs) Why not both, right?
2: (laughs) Definitely been both before.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I can first tell you a little bit about my role here at at SACON, uh, which is a private company that we've been in business for around 20 years. I'm vice president of our products and solutions for our device practice. So as you alluded to, Rob, we have two distinct practices at SACON. One is for telecom management, which provides products and solutions and services to help enterprise manage everything telecom and network management within their environment, including network inventory. And then on the device side, which is where I live and breathe, it's all about helping enterprises manage their enterprise mobility. And I think that's what we'll dig into today. The challenges of managing and really a handle on your enterprise mobility within the enterprise and really how that relates back to ServiceNow.
1: And it's going to be such a treat because every time I look at ServiceNow's demo data and it's like, hey, let's order an iPhone 5.
3: (laughs) Yeah, we're doing mobility management, baby. Right, right. (laughs) I think it's a really interesting place to start and this is a perfect place for me to get on. My soapbox a little bit because when I'm doing client presentations, I can't stay there too long. But mm-hmm. so this is a perfect uh, opportunity for me. But it's just so interesting if you look at the evolution of the end user device and probably as early as five, 10 years ago, right? Mobile devices, smartphones, tablets, some other device types as well. If you look at how they were leveraged in the enterprise they were always been nice to have, right? You would check your email, maybe you would be able to, I don't know, submit an expense report or whatever, right? But there has been a significant and massive shift within the enterprise where these devices are now literally critical to running their business. And if you think about what would happen to an enterprise, right, if all of their devices stopped working, I got to tell you that the lights would go off. So that's how critical these devices are, and it's across all industries, right? And some of them are very strategic, right, in the healthcare industry. Now this is how doctors and nurses, right, are leveraging the apps on their tablets and smartphones to provide healthcare services, if you mm-hmm. think about e-commerce and all of the delivery mechanisms, they're all carrying a device with them to scan packages, right? Or
1: And it's not just a phone, right? It's yeah. like point of sale systems and, and healthcare they will have like just a connected device on a t- cart or a trolley or something. And it's just, it's, it's not it's a phone, you. right? Or a tablet, it's just a thing.
3: Yeah, the airline industry, you know, think about that. The pilots have a tablet. Obviously, the flight attendants are carrying around some sort of ruggedized smartphone, things like that. It's literally everywhere. And point-of-sale devices have become really popular as well. Mm -hmm. So that's the evolution of the device. What happens pretty much organically is that when these devices become imperative and so important to running businesses... That means that the enterprise then pays a lot more attention to these devices. And there is an absolute need to be able to have a solution and a product to be able to manage everything about the device. And that leads into the second topic, which is device lifecycle. What is device lifecycle? So if you think about any given device type, it goes through different phases of its device life. I like to talk about it in in terms of pre-life, active life, and post-life. And the pre-life is really just about starting even at the manufacturer. It's being developed. It's being manufactured. It's usually sent to some sort of VAR, value-added reseller. It might be put in some sort of stock inventory for a particular enterprise. Then it gets put into a box or even before that, it might be staged or kitted with accessories or you're installing different applications on those devices. And then it's going off into some truck or plane to be delivered. Then what's really interesting is that all of a sudden this device becomes active. It lights up. It's in the hands of the employee. And now there's a whole other series of data and interfaces and vendors and carriers and things that you have to start tracking now, because now it's being used. So now there's apps being used, data being generated, cost being incurred. And so there's that whole active life part of it. And a big piece of that is what happens when it breaks? How do you get it replaced? Advanced exchange is what they call it. And then, of course, there's the post-life, which is what happens to the devices when they're returned or when the employee is off-boarded. And as you know, enterprises are really looking uh, closer at and finding sustainability and the environmental impact of these devices even more important uh, or putting a lot more stress on it. So that end of life or that post-life is becoming even more and more important about where do these devices go? Where's the data that's on these devices? How do you wipe that data so that it becomes clean? And then where does that piece of hardware go? Is it remarketed? Is it recycled? And depending on your industry, is it even destroyed?
1: I wanna break in here for a quick moment because that's one of the things that really shocked me when I started working with you guys is not only the fact that there is this tremendous gold mine of data that should be in your system, but isn't, but also that there are so many more workflows to control. Like I think a lot of my industry might look at something like mobility management, it's just like, oh yeah, that's like ordering a phone, right? And that's kind of the only window they have into the room. But I wonder if you could talk to us about some of the other industry standard workflows that are part of managing all your mobile devices. Like, what's the, the big capital M managing? What flows are part of that?
3: Yeah, I, I definitely will. And I'm just going to finish capping off that life cycle sure. yep. conversation, if you don't mind, because nope. again, going back to the evolution of the device, and that is, that's also been a shift in the industry. Whereas when devices weren't as strategic and critical, enterprises were probably just okay with tracking the active life. Once it was turned on, oh, it's an active device. Maybe it has MDM, UEM on it and they go on their merry way. That is different now. These enterprises want to micromanage every movement of that life cycle from the time that device is born to the time it's retired. And there really is a demand for it. But to your point, it is extremely challenging. So I wanted to set that scene before talking about some of the challenges because hopefully I've illustrated in that device life cycle, to your point, there's so many moving parts. And you're right, it's not just one workflow. The easy one, obviously, is to use, and very important, obviously, is order a new device. But there's a whole library of transactions and workflows that make up managing the device lifecycle. And I've, I've ticked off some of them, but I'll just I'll give you some more examples. A workflow to upgrade your device, replace it if it's been broken, suspend your line if it's a connected device with the carrier, and and it's been lost or stolen, and you want to get it suspended because of security implications, right, to make sure that it's been suspended. Um, there's disconnect, transfer liability, ports, and uh, the list goes on. But those are yeah. all workflows that must be managed within the enterprise for those devices.
2: I, I remember when I was in um, enterprise IT, and this is, I'll call it 10 years ago, uh, and we were managing like a fleet of device right and honestly that that be- became like one of the biggest things that we did because it was in that time period for- where smartphones were really coming of age right and you could start to do so much more with the phone than you could before because everything prior to that was really just a blackberry blackberries were great but they were just email devices right but then the iPhone came around and everyone wants an iPhone and they got apps and so on and so forth and then not all all everyone's got an, uh, an iPhone and then there's the iPads right And then those come out. And the company that I work for is very much uh, white collar executive heavy. And so everybody wanted the new tech. And so the struggle we always had was managing a lot of those workflows that you just mentioned. Not just like, you know, the onboarding and then waiting for it to come back, but what happens if one of these things gets lost? Or what happens if someone's traveling and it stops working? How do we, like, shut that thing off? How do we get a new one out there? How do we even track it? You know, a whole lot of those things, right? There seems like, SACON is really solved that back in my day you know we were doing manually and so you know right. i, I really hear it that,
1: that manually part though is huge and this is another thing that's like why saikon is just one of those apps i stopped got to be involved in this because michelle tell us like how bad it is out there yeah, Like yeah. when we say it's manual stuff like all of that stuff we just talked about for 10 whole minutes Yeah. Right. (laughs) It's all manual. And tell us how bad it is, though.
3: I will. I will. But by the way, like the devices have gotten cooler and more exciting. But if you look at how they're managed, right, it's still manual, Corey. So, um, (laughs) newsflash. And and you're right. I mean, these enterprises find themselves in a lot of pain. So, if you would ever do this kind of inside look, right, within, the inner workings of an enterprise, what you would find is a lot of frustration and a lot of chaos and a lot of decentralization. So remember all those different device types, they each have their own device lifecycle. They each have their own set of vendors, contracts, service providers, carriers. And I'm just going to pause at carriers because think about any device that's connected, which simply means it's connected to a carrier service, right? Right. Um, Each carrier has its own portal, its own set of data, its own regulations. And if you're talking about a global client, now just imagine how many interfaces or integrations you would need to do to pull in all of this information about all of your devices. So take an enterprise that might be in 40 countries. Now you're looking at you know 40 to 50 carriers that's providing services to these different devices in your organization how do you get all that data? And then how do you get all that data into a single place? And they basically can't. So what they find themselves in is this very decentralized environment where they have many different departments or or groups or by country that's trying to manage all of this manually. They're getting in spreadsheets. They have their own processes and tools and things like that. And so when these clients are coming to us, they're like, basically like help us. Right. Because They absolutely, in order to be able to to manage enterprise mobility effectively, and obviously effectively in service now, you have to be able to centralize this data. And to do it on your own is basically simply impossible.
2: Yeah, so you you just described the company that I used to work in when I was at Enterprise IP. We're a multinational company, right? We had offices across the world. And as you know, once you start going outside the U.S., the number of carriers really multiplies. And so we had a person who was responsible for telecom and uh, basically the Americas, right? So from Canada down all the way down to the tip of South America. And that was pretty easy to do, right? Because America has like, I don't know, four, the big four or whatever. It's really easy to standardize on one or two of those. Canada has one that you can standardize, so on and so forth, right? Then you go over to like EMEA, right? And each one of those like little places that would be a state Mm -hmm. in America is a country. And it's really prevalent to go back and forth across country lines in the course of a day and switch carriers back and forth. And so not only are we managing the carriers, we were managing the carriers according to roaming rates as well. Right, because you want it to be on the carrier that had the right amount of coverage in the right spot with the least amount of roaming charges, and and you know, and we would see that, and you multiply that across however many you know countries there are in the world. Uh, and yes, we did have a, an entire team that was doing this. It was manual. They were using spreadsheets. Each country or each region did have their own processes, and they did collaborate vaguely or barely, right? And it was always a challenge. So everything you said I can completely and totally validate was the state of enterprise IT the last time I was in it.
1: Right. Just imagine the pain. Like, there's more and more of these devices coming out. We're buying more and more of them. They're assets, are they not?
2: Yep. Mm
1: -hmm. And it's not just the, the black rectangle sitting in my pocket. It's the service line that's part of that as well, right? They're both assets.
3: That's right. And actually, I'm going to tell you why that carrier information that we get in actually is so important to the asset. Because one might immediately think of, oh, it's the service, there's a plan, and the enterprise is getting charged for it. By the way, that's a big piece of our product and solution and service, but it's also really important being able to create and maintain accurate asset information. So maybe this will blow your mind a little bit because I think lots of people think, oh, it's a laptop, oh, it's a smartphone. And there might be one source that makes up an accurate asset record inside the ServiceNow, inside the AMDB, but I'm here to tell you that it's not. It's actually a representation of multiple data sources that make up an accurate device asset or service line asset and i'll give you some examples one of the key data sources is hr information or people information why is that important because typically all of these devices are assigned to someone most likely an end user and an employee and it's really important to have that association for many things end user experience employee satisfaction help desk calls but also from an auditing perspective, how many active devices do you have out there, active lines associated to an inactive user? So that connection is really important. So that's one data source that we pull in to our SecOn device platform to start reconciling the device information. We also pull in daily through API integration feeds from the MDM and UEM clients that are installed on those devices. And that brings into our platform really valuable information about device attributes, the status of the device, confirming the IMEI number, the serial number, things like that. But also from a security and the compliance perspective, enterprises really want to know are all my devices protected? Do they all have the client running on them? When was the last time that they logged in? So that's really important. And then yeah, sorry. Sorry,
1: like, but how how are they doing that in service now right now without SACON?
3: They're not, <laughs> right? And that is the problem. And when we're talking to enterprises that have invested in ServiceNow, and I think you know, really expected ServiceNow to, you know, maybe magically be able to do it day two, they wake up and find themselves with a big challenge on their hand because when they want to centralize their IT assets, they are definitely thinking it's going to include enterprise mobility, mobility devices but it's extremely complicated to get accurate asset information in there without a platform like SACONS that goes out and discovers and ingest all of these different data sources that we bring into our system, take those data sources, reconcile them, find, dispute, find discrepancies, close those gaps, and then provide service now with real accurate and a real source of truth for their asset information about mobility devices.
2: Can I tell you how cool it is and how cool you have to you, – you know, I'm sure you all feel when someone asks, how do you do that without your product? And the answer to that is <laughs> you don't.
1: Uh, I once <laughs> sat down and like thought about – like put a serious amount of thought into what it would be like. What would I do to just say like, screw it. I'm going to do it myself. It's just – it's like the biggest now thing I have ever seen. To do wow. this on your own would be the biggest, let's just like break it down just a couple of ways, right? It's right. just, okay, so SACON goes and they integrate with all the carriers and all the service providers, right? So dozens, hundreds of bi-directional integrations. Yeah. I mean, like crazy.
3: Yeah. Like, it depends on the enterprise, but yeah. But you're talking about a, a smaller enterprise might have five, 10,000 devices, but then you're talking also about the enterprises that have a hundred thousand devices or more. And each one of those has all the different workflows that have hundreds of different service providers and carriers that you need to connect with to get to get the data. So it's vast.
1: And like getting getting everything onto a unified data model on top of that. Right. Because it's not like everybody, all these people track it the same way. Mm-hmm. Is mind boggling. Mind boggling.
2: What I love about it, though, is that it accentuates all the benefits of a ServiceNow platform. That common- model that service yes. now has being able to pull in all this data right across all these different types of uh, use cases pulling that in organizing it as in, in like, Michelle like you said the AMDB which I've I've never heard it referred to that way but I love it I'm going to probably use that going forward right like the asset management database and you know I haven't normalized in that across not just one country right normalized that across entire operations. And then attacking workflows on that, you know, having the, the integrations as you mentioned, Robert, like underlying all yeah. of that and driving the state models and the um, and keeping the data up to date, like all of that is what ServiceNow was born and bred
1: for. And right? dude, the, the 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 customer experience too, right? When we think about mobility, we just think about that one catalog item from 1912. <laughs> you know do you want your iphone 5 and coal powered or wood pellet powered <laughs> and it's just like it's just like the one device but then you have you think about all those services michelle mentioned and mind screw here like how would you even contend with a product catalog that size right like when they're putting out new phones every quarter and it's
2: just yeah that's a good question right like how would you keep up right? Because everything is BYOB now. And there are so many different types of phones out there. How would you support a OnePlus phone and an Apple iPhone and a Pixel and a Samsung and a LG oh, LG's gone now, right? Like, so how do you support a legacy LG phone? Right. Like, you know, you've got all of these, these different possibilities, right? I mean, like
1: you know,
3: it do- one of them has like a different policy and eligibility rules and things like oh,
1: that. Eligibility <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a whole other That's, can
3: That's your favorite topic. I know. Yeah. I know. And like but, and you're right. It's a it's a service that I can tell you the enterprises gladly outsourced to us, right? About managing the product catalog. Um, A lot of the product catalog is built from their current contracts that they have with the carriers and the service providers. And to your point, we build a very diverse product catalog for them that can contain all of these different device types, where they're coming from, what the price is, the features and things like that. And then we work with the clients to determine what the policies are for retiring devices and then bringing in new ones. So we have some clients that the day that the iPhone 15 comes out, they want it to show up in their catalog. And that's the beauty of our integration back to service now. It's a bit of a a marriage made in heaven. It's the best of both worlds because our scoped app, right, our integration back to service now, is nothing without the powerful engine of the Secon device platform. And they really work in conjunction together. So you can think about the Secon device platform as working extremely hard on behalf of the enterprise to create and manage this product catalog, pull in all the data that you need in, into our platform, and then render the really important data that's already cleansed and reconciled um, and it, that will fit into the ServiceNow uh, data model, right? And that's enterprises want in ServiceNow for asset management. But then Rob, as you were mentioning, very important as well is the self-service experience and having that accurate asset information, having the latest and greatest product catalog information about the latest devices or devices that have been retired the eligibility rules, all of those different workflows from those library of transactions, having that all in a nice package with a bow on it in ServiceNow is exactly what these enterprises are looking for.
2: Yeah, you know, there's exactly what these enterprises are looking for. I was actually going to say something else, but I want to to key in on, on that last part of that statement, right? Because what enterprises are often hit with is the question on whether or not they should build it or buy it. And I think what Secon answers here is that if you want scale, like, well, say, what Secon answers is what scale can do for you, right? And why sometimes it's worth it to buy the thing instead of trying to build the thing on your own, right? But Because Secon has so many different customers, right? And it's providing service to so many different enterprises. You guys are doing all the hard work, all the lead work of keeping everything up to date, managing all, all of the interactions with the phone makers and the carriers, and all of those things, right? Like you're putting your folks to use to do that part of it, right? And scaling because you have so many different customers, so that me as an enterprise, like atman, if I come to you and say, "Hey, yeah, why don't you say con? It's plug and play. Like I didn't have to build those integrations. I didn't have to determine like what phones I'm willing to actually support any of that stuff, right? Like I've got a ready built database that you guys are just providing as a service. This is what the cloud is about, right? Like this is what as a service means. I love it.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, I gotta say, <laughs> I like your enthusiasm. I mean, I think it's a no brainer and I, you know, that we have a lot of clients that agree with us and you're so right. I mean, it's a basically choosing between, out of the box API integration, out of the box workflows that you, where you can automatically, you know, automate your ServiceNow workflows out of the box, catalog items out of the box, product catalog versus having to, you know, not just build all of that on your own in ServiceNow, but to your point, then trying to somehow build those integrations to those dozens and sometimes hundreds. Of different data sources, right, or service providers, vendors, car- carriers, and also what I have learned too is, and you guys probably know, you know better than me, is that these ServiceNow developers are in high demand, right? And so, <laughs> you know, right, and so what I have found is that clients are delighted when they see that there's a out of the box solution that can still be customized to their environment, absolutely, but that Saekon actually does the work on, on behalf of them.
2: All of that. Because you're right. I mean, it is really hard to find uh, good, talented folks in the ServiceNow ecosystem, right? Enough of them to build this, especially. Yeah. Right? Well, what I thought so,
3: is that they have their ServiceNow developers, very experienced, but they have a long list of projects, <laughs> right? And yeah. the fact that they don't have to put this on their long list of projects is, is a perk for the enterprise.
2: Yeah. And, and the fact that they don't have to inherit the maintenance of it too. Like we talked a lot about like you all build it all, but you also maintain it over time. Right. And ma- and look, if you're a techie, right. Like the last thing you want to do is actually maintain the stuff that you build. Right. Like there's a whole problem with that in Google culture, right. Where folks build stuff and then just to get the promotion and move away from it. That's why they close so many, shut down so many different products. Right. It, it it happens everywhere. Everybody wants to chase the new and shiny and, and tech. Right. So and it, yeah, makes on this-
3: like everyone, it makes everyone happy, meaning I think the office of the CIO, when they see the scoped app in action and really being able to bring in data that can centralize their IT assets, when it brings in data and automates the workflows to allow them to provide their employees one place, a seamless experience to be able to manage everything IT, including enterprise mobility... They feel like they're making the most out of their significant ServiceNow investment. And on the business side, they can leverage our Seicon device platform to be able to see a very complete end-to-end picture of their ecosystem, right, of their end-to-end enterprise mobility. And that's really important to them, right, to understand not just the asset part, but the expenses. Um, yes. Right. <laughs> and, and, and to be able to optimize all of the services that they're getting from all of their carriers and service providers.
2: And cybersecurity too, right? Like I'm sure that's a big driver nowadays as well. Cause I remember, like I said, years ago, that, that was one of the things that we were all that would uh, metaphorically keep us up at night about, right? Let's so say what happens if one of these folks who's the key to our enterprise loses their phone, right? And this is before we had MDM and then even after phones lost, if you get their Rolodex, so to speak, or right. their email box, you could do some serious damage to, to our business because it was largely a people business relationships hand to hand. And so that contact information was very valuable. And this ability to manage that end to end, shut those things off, wipe them, know where they are, know where how they relate to people, whether or not those people are still employed with you, whether they're, you know, offboarding with you anytime soon, all of those things, right? Being able to manage that without having to build all of that out-house, I think, is a great selling point and driving feature.
3: Yeah. What drives the enterprise when it comes to devices is obviously it enables their employees to work, right? That's what what those devices do nowadays, but they care about employee experience. And to your point, they also care about security and data security and compliance, especially in the healthcare industry, right? So that's definitely in, in the top five priorities for them. And then I am seeing, again, as I mentioned before, this trend of also sustainability and the impact on the environment.
2: Oh, I love that too, absolutely, absolutely. The one last thing I wanted to touch on that I was thinking about as was some of the points that you mentioned is that, in my opinion, Secon really replicates the ServiceNow business model And the way the ServiceNow has become successful. And for the reasons that ServiceNow has become successful is why I see SACON being successful as well. Right. Like ServiceNow right. gives you a platform to do work. And it provides a lot of the stuff to you out of the box that you'd otherwise have to build yourself. And then it maintains those things as well. It abstracts all of that hard work out of your hands and just get, gives you the ability to engage with it and get the service, right? And not have to actually wonder how it's working under the hood. SACON feels almost exactly like that to me.
1: That's a I, right? Like, it, it, isn't it everything that you imagined that you could put on service now when you got now? 10, 15 years ago, we didn't imagine all these mobile workflows, but we imagined every other workflow and it would just it would yeah. it would be a great experience requesting it. It would automate a ton of stuff, and then we'd have all the data that we needed to make business decisions off of it. So it's like right, that's yeah, that's what I love about it. It's just it's everything that ServiceNow should do. But the only complication here is that you've got to do it amongst dozens or hundreds of entities. And you got to bring it back in some kind of unified data model. Yeah. And I'm sorry, you just can't build that on your own.
2: No, it goes back to the scale <laughs> factor, right? Yeah,
1: just like, yeah, exactly. Why not get it from somebody who's been doing it already for like 20 years?
2: No, I, I love this conversation, right? This conversation, there's so many jewels in it, right? Like if you're at home thinking about starting a company, right? Like starting a startup, there's so much here about like how product market fit scale marketing selling that back you know being useful all of that stuff right like you could just look you could just listen to this conversation mm-hmm. and find points about all of those things throughout the entire conversation it's amazing
1: if you have a couple more minutes Michelle okay. I wonder if you could tell us in a nutshell what a Sacon implementation looks like for a net new
3: customer first of all the audience probably has already figured out is that the integration from ServiceNow back to our platform, relies on and is dependent on the SACON device platform. So the implementation actually happens in parallel, right? So we're standing up that SACON device platform on behalf of the enterprise, getting in all those data sources, building the asset database, building the catalog, working with the client on all of those different requirements and business rules. And at the same time, we're installing the scoped application in their lower environment. We're getting it configured. We are customizing it according to requirements. And because it's out of the box and because the scoped app comes with already built API integration, workflows out of the box, catalog items, they really don't have to start from scratch. And so our our model and implementation strategy is to work with the client where our, our SACON resources do the install configuration of the scoped application and then package it and then work with their ServiceNow team to promote it to the higher environments, and onto production.
1: Awesome. We're kind of at our limit for recording time here, so I want to thank you for joining us, Michelle. Any last words?
3: Well, first of all, it's been a real honor and pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And I'll just say, I think it was something that CJ had said about how Secon enables ServiceNow. And I really like, you know, sometimes you'll see a headline or tagline from us, ServiceNow plus Secon. I think what we do just enables service now. And to me kind of makes their green just a little bit brighter. So thanks so much for having me.
2: I love that they're green a little bit brighter. I love that.
1: <laughs> All right, folks, if you want to get in touch with Michelle at SACON, we are going to have uh, links for that in the description below. Thank you so much for watching. We hope you're as excited as we are. To introduce hey Say yo! Welcome to the, to the winner's so circle. So Publish your crown. So here
0: to optimize your workflow. That service now. This ain't your typical run-of-the-mill tech talk oh geez. We're the best in the field. We'll help you level up and build your credibility. Now let me ask you one question, who the realest be? Unapologetic, if we said it, then we meant it. Foundation built on trust, authentic, so it's cemented. Better make way, only facts in the booth. You're now tuned in with CJ and the Duke. Uh, what success? I'll let you in on the scoop. Make your mind your best friend and fill it up with the truth. Come on. Yeah. Make your mind your best friend and fill it up with the truth. Yeah. CJ and the Dude. What's that? Service now. Come on. Yeah. I said welcome to the winner's circle. Yeah. Yeah.